When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Heard at Sports presents The Damon Benning Show with Ravi Lula. Some guys have to step up. Like, even in that game, once Deshaun went down, you know, Tommy, who's been playing both ways, had to go play the whole game at corner. Then, you know, Newsom had to go in and play at safety. So, Phelan really played well. He came through for us. So, uh, this week, I think, because we have some time to do it, like, Kobe Bretz is a guy that can play football. We need Kobe to play well. We need Phelan to step up and play well. Um, Tommy's, you know, Tommy's a guy who's been playing both ways. You know, he needs to help us at corner, too. Um, some young guys that have been kind of in that red shirt mode. DeAndre Barnes is an excellent young player. He's been practicing with the twos. He's ready to go now if we need him. So some of those injuries, you know, could maybe, maybe affect us. I think Len Hart, we have a chance of getting back this week. So obviously that'd be a big thing for us. Um, Makai has been playing that jack position. He went back last week and played middle linebacker. Um, so just some different things like that. Hopefully we can settle down this week and really lock some guys into roles. Kicking off our number three here on the Damon Benning Show with Robbie Lula, Avery Howard in for DB this morning. Want to remind you about our friends over at Warhorse Sportsbook. Uh, they are the best place in Nebraska to place your sports bets. You can do it in person at the casino in Lincoln. They've got all of the kiosks and sportsbook tellers you could want to place your wagers or you can download the warhorse casino app they've got live odds you can build your bets anywhere then go to the casino scan the qr code at the casino and place your wager there warhorse sportsbook no bets no glory and joining us now on the warhorse sportsbook hotline is our friend mike j schaefer Schaefer, how you doing this morning I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I feel like uh, after the last couple of weeks that, you know, to keep this going, you should start talking about how poor Tua played against uh, Buffalo on Sunday. You know, so we can just, you know, keep that rolling. I thought about Three weeks in a row here. I thought about firing off a shot on Twitter, but you know, I didn't want to. I I would like to still be friends at some point, Shafe, and so I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to burn this. I think it's well deserved. I mean, I <laughs> I did not treat you fairly last week, and so the, you know, to to keep the feud going. Yeah, that's what the people want. we got to keep the heat on this thing. Well, and the funny thing about it is, like, I actually think Tua is currently a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Like, oh, that's boy. the funny thing about the whole thing is I think <laughs> he plays the position currently better than Trevor Lawrence does. And so I get painted in this corner because yeah. people like to misunderstand my statements that I think Tua, willingly sometimes. Yeah, I think actively and and joyfully in your case, uh, uh, choosing to misunderstand my statements. Uh, I would never, <laughs> never. 
<laughs> I think that's the most on-brand thing I've ever described about you. Um, yeah. But no, it's, I you know, so it's, I actually like, I actually think Tua's good, but I get in this position where I have to hate on him to make my point, and <laughs> I don't like it, Shafe. You okay. Don't put Ravi in a corner. Uh, no, it's... Right. Well, I will, I will work on that <laughs> from my end. Uh, but I can't promise anything because you know my personality. So. Yeah, sometimes your uh, your better angels lose out, uh, which is I think <laughs> happens to the best of us here. Um, <laughs> Shave, I, I guess let's let's start off with the uh, the Michigan game and and move on as quickly as possible. But um, I guess you know I, it seemed like Coach Rule f- viewed that game a little differently than I did. I saw it as. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that, Coach Rule. Um, I thought it was about a pretty large talent gap between Michigan and Nebraska, and it seemed like in his, his comments he thought that if Nebraska executed better, then they probably would have been – it seemed like he thought they'd be in that game. Is that what you saw? Is that Coach Rule just trying to instill confidence in his team? Like, how did you receive those comments versus what you saw? I think it's – I, I think those comments seem to be directly made towards his team more than probably the game itself that okay. was on the field on Saturday. I'm with you. I mean, I I felt like the discrepancy is pretty big. And, and some of it even, you know, like I don't know how well execution is going to go when at one point in time you have two true freshmen playing on your defensive line against, you know, a veteran offensive line of Michigan when Nash Hutmacher goes out. So, um, you know, that's just like – that's just where they are as a program. I mean, mm-hmm. They just don't have the depth. Uh, they don't have the discipline. I mean, that's probably the thing that was – I would be the most frustrated about if I was Matt Rule. Like, you're still – you're five games in. You still have needless penalties. And you look across the field, you know, right or wrong, Michigan didn't get called for anything. But more than that – they didn't have procedural penalties. They don't jump off sides. They don't have false starts. So those are the things like that would bother me, I think, because it's I, I look at that game. I looked at that game going into it. There's an extreme talent discrepancy. If Michigan plays the way that they want, it's going to be really hard for Nebraska to stay in it because they're not built um, to, to, to aggressively attack areas that Michigan is just simply better than them at. So, um, you know, I the game kind of played out. In a worse version of what I expected, I thought Nebraska would hang around for the first half and then would get distance in the second half. But as we've seen sometimes, regardless of coach, Nebraska has a tough time getting out of the first quarter, and that's essentially what happened on Saturday. Ravi asked me this earlier, and it was after we heard that clip that we played before this about you know just coach kind of calling out his players a little bit we said you don't know how much that was really for the media and for the fans it kind of felt like it was more directed towards if the team's listening right now um I guess it's a two questions here then one who do you think he may specifically be speaking to without naming names and two how do you think or who do you think steps up this weekend after what seems like coach rules when challenging the guys this week yeah, I mean, I don't know that there is any one player specifically that, uh, you know, he wanted to hear that message. I think it was more of a collective thing. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, if we were going to get into different position units that mm-hmm. really probably need to take that to heart, you'd start with the offensive line. I mean, they had a terrible game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, again, it's so hard because it's it's hard sometimes. We, we really want to dive into every football game and really kind of, you know, 
pull its guts out and right. examine it. And sometimes, you know, you just face a team that's significantly better than you are in every aspect. And that's really what Saturday was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't I don't want to be like overly hard on on any position group because right. you're you're at such an extreme disadvantage at times. But Nebraska's offensive line largely picked some of the worst occasions to completely fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Saturday was one of those. I mean, whether it was Turner Corcoran when he was in, Teddy Prohaska, I mean, I think we saw pretty strongly why Teddy has not been playing. Uh, he just does not look like he is ready to be a power five tackle at this moment. And that's like that's tough to watch. Like it, it felt like and he had to go in. I mean, it's an injury, but it felt like in some ways they were protecting him from that because they've been seeing it. And then, you know, Bryce Benhart took his turn. And it just feels like Nebraska is an offensive line without a tackle. um, And they've got to figure out, you know, seven games. So I think in some ways you're challenging those guys. Okay, we know that you're not going to be phenomenal. We know this isn't going to be an all Big Ten offensive line. But these next few games, we are going to have to ride our offensive line. We are going to have to ride the run game. We're going to have to be able to run a competent offense. And that starts up front. And I feel like they really took a huge step back over the weekend. Some of that's Michigan. Some of it's just them. Um, So if there is any position group that I feel like needs to step up uh, significantly going into this month of October where you have so much opportunity in front of you, you need that offensive line to kind of get back to more of what it was doing earlier in the season. Uh, But you don't know if that's just the opponents. Like, I mean, Colorado wasn't going to put a lot of stress on them. Mm -hmm. Minnesota's defensive line didn't put a lot of stress on them or their second level. So uh, I think Illinois can do that. I know Purdue can do that. Uh, So it's going to be a big month ahead for this offensive line. So I guess if I was assuming anyone was going to have to heed that, you know, call out, Mm -hmm. it would be up front with that offensive line. Shafe, how much do you think of the offensive line struggles? I mean, obviously you've got, you know, some guys getting banged up and putting Prohaska in a spot that maybe he's not ready for. But how much how much of it do you think has to do with the fact that they got behind super early and kind of were forced to pass the ball maybe more than they wanted to? And the pass protection is where they've sort of struggled yeah. all year, right? Like that hasn't been – the pass pro has not been great all year. Yeah, the game flow definitely didn't go how they would have wanted. And I think that's something that's more manageable in the next seven games than it certainly was against Michigan. Because, you know, as you said, you get, uh, you know, that touchdown right away to start the game. You have the interception leads to a touchdown. You're in a 14-0 hole. And the running game, pretty evident, wasn't going to go anywhere early. So they, they did have to pass more. And that certainly makes it look probably worse than if you're able to kind of control the flow of it. But the thing is, like, there's going to be another game this year where you're going to need that pass protection to hold up in the second half because you're going to be chasing points. You're going to have to get, uh, you know, you're going to have to throw. You're going to have to find creative ways to protect for Heinrich Harburg. Um, but, I again, like, I, I don't want to dwell on it because a lot of it was Michigan. But some of it is just, like, incredible to me that there's so many starts up front like, they, we're not even talking about an inexperienced offensive line in the slightest. This is a very veteran. Yeah. It's veteran for the entire conference. And at some point, it doesn't matter whether they have game experience because it's just not going well. And I don't I don't think there's an easy fix. So you're kind of stuck with what you have. Um, but 
there's no question in my mind, Nebraska as a program is incredibly limited until its offensive line gets better. Shay, if I wanted to ask you real quick about uh, Teddy Prohaska before we move on to, to other topics, um, how much of his struggling do you think is directly injury-related and him coming back from having not played very much football in a really long time? And how much do you think – I mean, it, it, from my understanding, he's continued to grow. He's, a, I think, a full 6'10 now. Like, it's – how much of it's just impractical for a guy that size to kind of get in some of the spots he needs to? I think we're, I think we're in that territory, sure, um, with just being able to move laterally and, and all of that. Uh, but what I almost wonder – you go back to that North Dakota game last year, and this is one of the the most honest and and I, I don't want to weaponize this against him, but it's one of the most honest answers I think I'd ever received when talking to a player, and he said he mentally was not in a good enough spot to be playing mm. in that North Dakota game, and like that's a really your your left tackle saying that like that's a scary thing, and so I wonder because you you know shortly after that game. You have Georgia Southern and then Oklahoma gets hurt. He's out. You know, he's done. I wonder if some of it is rust. I wonder if some of it is just mentally he's not where he wants to be or he's not where he was when he was a freshman when he was able to just go out and play. Mm-hmm. And now he's in his head, and he hasn't been able to get out of his head. Like, I, I, I wonder if there isn't more of that. And we haven't talked with him. So, you know, when he gets the opportunity to talk and he can, um, you know, discuss that, I, I don't think he spoke after the game on Saturday, and he might be talking today, uh, but we'll see. So, you know, some of it he's going to be able to clear up, and, and he can talk about that to a degree. But I, I wonder if it isn't still a little bit rust and then mental. Mm, fair. After the game this Saturday, you said that Heinrich Harburg, you know, earned the right to be the starting quarterback, no looking back. What makes you so sure, even though we've heard Coach Rule kind of talk about or hint towards maybe using a two-quarterback system in the future if Sims is back to 100%? Yeah, well, I mean, it it makes sense because they're probably going to need both of those guys Mm -hmm. just with the way they have to play and injury being a a real threat, especially with Jeff Sims. But for me, a lot of it has to do with – you look at everything that Nebraska's struggling with and struggled with on Saturday, Heinrich Harburg was not the issue. I mean, you could make a long list of things that didn't go well on Saturday. And, yeah, he wasn't great, and everyone wants to talk about the arm slot. But at one point, he was 10 of 12 for 140 yards. He threw for 199. It's mm-hmm. the most that Michigan's allowed. That's not great. Like, I'm right. not trying to throw him a parade down O Street <laughs> over here. Uh, but I think when I look at what he's done in three games and the fact that he's healthy, and that's something that I don't know when we're going to be able to say about Jeff Sims. I think his mobility has been kind of severely impaired. And I don't know, you know, if we're talking uh, weeks, days, what, for him to be back to where he can open it up and run. I don't want that limitation with my quarterback. And I don't know that there's a big enough gap for me uh, with Sims and, and Harburg that I would immediately go back to Sims if he was at 80%. Like, I I like what we've seen from Heinrich Harburg. I'd continue to give him that opportunity. Again, you have to view the month of October as if Nebraska can sweep this. Mm-hmm. They're giving themselves the best opportunity to play in a bowl game. And right now, I think the best opportunity to win games for them is the quarterback that's played the last three weeks. I, you know, just kind of like our, uh, excuse me, Pro Hoska. When you get Sims back, there's going to be some rust. There's going to have to, you know, then he's going to have to get in the flow of an offense that was disjointed 
before, you know, he exited the first time. So I just, I would rather stay with your status quo at the moment. You figure out how you're going to put together game plans and win with Heinrich Harburg. Uh, and I again, I don't think he's been the issue um, for this team and this offense the last three weeks. He had his struggles against Louisiana Tech. Um, you know, they're severely limited because of their skill position players. But I've been completely fine with Harburg. I was a little surprised. I probably shouldn't have been a little surprised by the pushback on it. I definitely don't think we're talking about Heinrich Harburg for the next three years as Nebraska's starting <laughs> yeah. quarterback. But to at least get you through the month of October into November, yeah. I think he should be the guy. Well, and I guess kind of thinking about this, is there an area where you think Sims is clearly better than Harburg? Like that's part of it too, right? They're, that they're not yeah. totally different in – even if physically maybe they're a little different, they're not totally different in terms of what they bring to the table? Yeah. The, the only thing I can think of would be situational, right? Because Jeff Sims has played significantly more football mm -hmm. at this level. He's been in situations that Heinrich Harburg hasn't yet. And so when Harburg's in the, the fourth quarter – and you're down by three, you know, how does he respond to that? What does it look like when it's loud on the road and he's got to be able, you know, he's only had starts at home. Mm -hmm. That's really the yeah. other thing with, with Harburg. So, uh, you know, obviously he played against Colorado. He led that touchdown drive. I don't think these are like huge, you know, big concerns, but I think a lot of it's just sort of situational. But right now, I mean, I don't know that I could sit here and tell you that one guy is going to be better throwing the football than the other based on what we've seen uh, and based on what Nebraska has on offense. And again, if we're defaulting to the best skill for each is their ability to run, I'm going to go with the guy who hasn't had the leg injury or the, the injury so far this season. And I, I mean, I don't know that there's much that separates them as runners either. And Harburg hasn't turned it over um, the way that we saw from, from Sims in those first two games. Now, is it fair to hold that against them? No, not entirely, but I also don't know that I'm, I'm, you know, clamoring for a change for the sake of change either. So I, I don't know that there's a lot that separates it, and I would rather move forward with the guy who's been playing, I think is really what it comes down to. Shafe, you kind of mentioned the situational experience that Jeff Sims brings to the table that Harburg doesn't, but could I make the argument that so far this year Sims has looked more like the season quarterback or at least more kind of in control of what's happening out there than Sims has? Uh, that he, that Harburg has looked more in control? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I thought that on Saturday. I mean, he looked comfortable. Obviously, Nebraska put up seven points, and he wasn't part of those seven. So I like I don't want to I don't want to oversell what Heinrich Harburg did in a game in which you know effectively they were out of it by the middle of the first quarter. But he looked comfortable at times in that role. He looked comfortable in that first game against. Northern Illinois, really just that stretch against Louisiana Tech where there's some misfires on throws, um, you know, where it was the only time that he hasn't really looked like he's in command of things. Like, I don't think people on the offense are questioning, like, why is this guy the quarterback or anything like that either? I mean, I, I think he I think he looks comfortable and is playing comfortable in those roles. Now, we did see, and Matt Rule did talk about that fourth and one, uh, him leaving his feet, something mm -hmm. that he would have preferred he didn't do. He wants Heinrich Harburg to play like Heinrich Harburg and not to attempt to be someone else, those kinds of things. But uh, for the most part, I, I would agree. You know, Jeff Sims looked really skittish at times against Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, and then I can't. You know, I, I don't want to hold this entirely against him. It was one game. I still feel like some of the decisions in that game were so baffling that it's hard to believe that's the guy that has the 30 starts or more. <laughs> and, you know, 
Harburg was the guy who just had his first three. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, kind of moving ahead to Illinois and what you expect to see there. Obviously, this is an Illinois team that's really struggled um, through the first few weeks of the season. Obviously, coming off of that really tough loss to Purdue, didn't play well against Kansas or Toledo, even though they got the win against Toledo. Um, I guess, what are you expecting to see from this Illinois team that has sort of, you know, we just talked to a, an Illinois writer a little bit ago, has sort of departed from the identity that saw them be so successful last year. Um, what, what are you expecting on, on Friday? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting um, for Nebraska defensively because Illinois hasn't run the football well this year. And their their best asset might be their quarterback run game with, with Altmeyer. Like, mm-hmm. There's been several times that he's been their leading rusher. And we haven't really seen a team do that a lot to Nebraska. I was worried about J.J. McCarthy's legs coming in. Turns out he didn't really need them, you know, other than to, to extend the play a couple times, especially on that nice touchdown right at the end of half. But, um, you know, I so I, I wonder if that isn't an area where Illinois will emphasize. But I, I think this sets up as a team that, you know, Nebraska can – certainly play well with because I don't know that Illinois is doing anything particularly great on offense at the moment. Like it might be another similar kind of game to Minnesota where it's a struggle for both teams at times to put points and to, you know, to, to move the ball because neither offense is probably good in any sense, conventional or unconventional. So uh, because of that, I, I think, you know, it's it sets up to be a very Big Ten West football game. I think Nebraska's defense will respond well after last week. I'm not worried that that's some sort of long-term thing for them that felt more like Michigan had their day and Nebraska just wasn't capable of, of hanging around there. Uh, but I, I think they should be able to recover fine against Illinois in that regard. Um, and then Illinois makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. They've been very sloppy this year. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about Nebraska needing to take advantage of those things. This feels like a game where, yes, you're on the road, and, yes, it's a weird you know Friday night thing. But, like, let Illinois be the team that beats itself. You know, control what you can control. You know, don't try to do too much. But it, it feels like this is an Illinois team that when you watch them, they press and they make these sort of mistakes. And, I, I mean, looking at that box score – last week i have no idea how they lost by 25 points <laughs> yeah yeah the, the the numbers are almost identical except yeah. for they were horrible on third down so you know that's an area where nebraska's defense hasn't been very good this year mm-hmm. so they're gonna have to you know if they can keep illinois from advancing on drives that you know seems to be a huge bugaboo for the illinois offense they don't have a great go-to third down weapon and life is very different for illinois without chase brown that's what it really feels mm-hmm. like yeah, it's interesting you say that because looking at the matchup and then also just talking to a writer a few minutes ago, between the mistakes and just kind of when you look at the matchup, not a lot of strength in the backfield for Illinois anymore after all the departures and then just kind of a Nebraska situation, Illinois' offense identity is kind of shaky. Do you see this being a bigger opportunity for the defense kind of to respond or for Nebraska to take advantage of Illinois' defense, which comes in last in almost everything in the Big Ten right now? Yeah, I mean, it's, you're, you're absolutely correct. It's an opportunity for both sides of the ball. The one I think I have more confidence in showing up and taking care of the job would be the defense. I think they'll respond well after that Michigan game. I think Tony White's a good coordinator. He'll have those guys ready to go. And they have done a good job against teams that are flawed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've taken stuff away from teams that don't do things well. We saw that with Northern Illinois. We saw that with Minnesota at times. Um, so, you know, I think – 
I think the defense will show up and respond well. With the offense, it's always tough uh, because you don't know how and what they're going to emphasize. We don't know Anthony Grant really in this situation either. Like, is he going to be able to uh, rip off big runs like he did against Louisiana Tech? Or is it going to be a, a non-factor like he was against Michigan? I mean, I think he's kind of a critical piece in this whole week. That's Mike J. Schaefer of Husker 24-7. Look, we played nice. We didn't even get into a fight today. Yeah, look at us. We're grown men. We're adults. <laughs> look at us. Friends Good work, again. Guys. Good work. Just like you pretend to be when I join your podcast. No, um, Absolutely. <laughs> that's Michael J. Schaefer of Husker 24-7. Schaefer, we appreciate it, bud. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. See, and I didn't even make any jokes about his uh, his Minnesota Vikings. And oh, you're still here. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. They won. What were you going to joke you, about? No, I was going to say, hey, dominating, how's, dominating how's, performance. How's it feel to get off the Schneid? Um. It, it feels really good. <laughs> That's Schaefer. Kansas City. Uh, coming. Yeah, they are going to. They're going to get smoked. Uh, coming up next, we will have the Zipline Sports Six Pack here on the Damon Benning Show with Robbie Lula on Herd at Sports Radio.